Hey, it's Jeff Sanders, and welcome to the 5 a.m. Miracle, episode number 483. The one thing that moves you forward in every area of life. Good morning, and welcome to the 5 a.m. Miracle. I am Jeff Sanders, and this is the podcast dedicated to dominating your day before breakfast. My goal is to help you bounce out of bed with enthusiasm, create powerful, lifelong habits, and tackle your grandest... Actually, hold on. Let's pause. I just gave you three goals. That's not correct. The point of the episode this week is to give you one goal, one focus. So that's what it is. Now, what is that one goal? We're going to find out. So in the episode this week, I'm going to break down the power of identifying a singular focus, the immense potential of eradicating bottlenecks in your projects, and how repeated actions around the one thing that matters most actually produces more results than just about everything else combined. So with that in mind, let's dig in. There is always one thing that makes the biggest difference. No matter what you're working on, what you're trying to pursue, what goal you have, there is one thing that, when amplified, produces more results than basically everything else put together. Right now in your life, you have a lot of potential, but without pulling the right levers or accentuating the right characteristics, that potential within you, it could go unnoticed or just simply underrealized. So I want you to imagine bringing your best self to every project you pursue and getting the best results that are possible from that project. That may sound like a fantasy. Right, The ideal is to bring your best self and your A-game to everything you do and to get these best results. Like This sounds kind of not possible. However, it actually is possible. And the way it's possible is by only doing the things that matter and ignoring the rest. Now, of course, a lot of the challenge around that is to know what that one thing is, which we'll get to in the episode this week. But even beyond that, let's imagine you do know what the one thing is. Do you believe it's possible that by doing that one thing over and over again, you will get those amazing results? This is really about understanding the power of focus, the power of simplicity, the awesomeness that could come from doing fewer things. Focus is one of the greatest things ever created and it's one of the most underrealized strategies in existence. I have ranted for years on this podcast about my F-bots my FBOT focus block of time. My FBOTs are the centerpiece of my life and work. FBOTs for me are the reason, the singular reason why I get results in the things that matter to me. I would love to say that checking lots of boxes is the answer. It's not. I would love to say that being productive is the answer. It's not. The answer is doing fewer things and making sure those fewer things are the things that actually mean something. So in the episode this week, I want to break down a set of problems, the kinds of things we tend to experience, these very common issues that hold us back from the success we want. And then we're going to break down the solutions. And the solutions are actually a single solution, just one thing. And that one thing, when applied correctly, repeatedly over and over again, is going to produce the results we're looking for. So let's begin with those problems. The first one is actually one I just discussed last week, 
which is being stuck without clarity on what to do next. So if you missed episode 482, I really encourage you to go back and hear that one. Um, Not just because I ranted for a long time on this topic, but mostly because there's a lot of conversation about what it means to be stuck and what it means to break free of that stuckness. And so if you have been stuck between two or more options to choose from for a direction in life of where to head, I don't want you to be stuck. But that's a problem we tend to experience and one that if we apply this one thing strategy, we can break free from those things. We can find ourselves with more clarity, more confidence, and more forward movement. A second very common problem is the issue that I have seen more often than any other with the high achievers who listen to this podcast, which is trying to do it all. You and I, we are the overprogrammed high achievers. We are the perfectionists. We are the overly committed, can't say no, can't prioritize for the life of us because we want it all. We want to do everything because we know we can. We are talented. We are smart. We have potential. And because of that, this double-edged sword kicks in, which is we actually try. (laughs) We actually try to do it all. Recently, I was talking to my wife about this issue I was having where there was this big company I was working with, and I was having a customer service problem, and I called the customer service line, which if you've ever done this before with any major corporation, you've probably had a similar experience, which is it doesn't go well, right? The person you're talking to, they're probably apathetic. They don't actually care if they help you, or they're not competent enough to actually solve the problem. They're not informed enough. These are common issues. From my perspective, me as the overprogrammed high achiever, I'm very committed, overly committed to the things that I work on. I'm overly enthusiastic at times. When I experience someone who has the opposite issue, which is they don't care, they're in a position where their job doesn't mean much to them or they're not emotionally committed, it's a difficult dissonance that takes place. Right? These types of issues where you realize I'm in this camp over here, this person I'm working with is in this camp over here, and we don't see eye to eye, and there's this constant friction in life. This could be between people, it could be between companies, or even could be between you and yourself, which is that your attempt to do everything isn't working. Your goal of being this overprogrammed high achiever to check more boxes and have a better resume and really be an all-star a rock star, an absolute A-plus performer, it isn't the right path forward. This is a tough issue because there are so many people who want it all, and I have nothing else to say to them besides, please stop trying so hard. (laughs) Please stop. Slow down. I have a whole history of literal actual panic attacks and trips to the hospital and back surgeries, and I attribute all of that all of it, 100% of it, to stress that came from me. My attempt to do more at every turn is the reason why I broke down. This is like legitimately, I know I've been laughing a lot in this episode. This is serious. Attempting to do it all has actual real world consequences. And when you've lived through those, you know what it's like to burn yourself out. You know what it's like to experience this problem at a high level, and then you wonder, what do I do now? I've said yes to all these things. I am overly committed. How do I move forward? What does it mean to actually go into a life where I'm not this person? 
there's an answer to that, and we're going to get to it. The third problem is you are achieving things, but you're doing so at a slow chip. This like slow progress on these bigger goals. What I have seen, especially recently in my life, is that I've been more willing to take on bigger projects, but I've also realized that bigger goals tend to take longer. And my time is finite, and the work that I want to do is pretty extensive. These are, in some cases, decades-long goals, whether they're financial or health-related or family and relationship-oriented. I have these kind of epic visions for my future. But I also realize that to get to these decades-long projects, it's going to be a slow trickle to get there, and that my time needs to be committed to these things, but my patience has to be aligned as well. And if I find myself stuck in this position where I want to make progress, but I'm, I'm just slowly tinkering through it, there's an emotional detachment that takes place, which is I stop caring because I can't see the vision anymore because all I see is struggle. All I see is a lack of progress. All I see is this is too slow for me. I want more from this. And if you're trying to make strides forward, but it's just not fast enough, you could actually quit on goals that matter. And there needs to be a different approach to allow yourself to feel the success that's taking place and actually make more success faster. Speed up the process in real time. What if in 2024, you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with my sponsor, Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Finally achieve your new language goal in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's convenient courses have helped me to learn real-life conversation skills in German, including ordering food and asking for directions without having to rely on language apps while traveling. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Now, here's a special limited-time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash 5am. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash 5am, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 5am. Rules and restrictions may apply. The fourth major issue, this last one here that I have seen quite often, is that we tend to give ourselves, once again, this overprogrammed high achiever, we give ourselves over to many different goals, so we experience shallow progress on all of them and no depth on any of them. Cal Newport's book, Deep Work, goes into ext <laughs> deep, extensive detail about the value of deep work, the value of focus, the value you get when you say yes to one thing and you let yourself, literally let yourself do just that one thing better. My tendency as a high achiever is to say yes to a lot of things, but that also means I work on a lot of things at one time. And so I get these kind of little tiny endorphin hits, but nothing is ever really truly significant. 
If you never experience the deep work, it also means you never experience the big breakthroughs. You never have those focus blocks of time that actually move the needle in the significant way you're trying to do. You know, on the episode, but two weeks ago, I was talking about these ultra marathons that I'm working towards. And one of the things I've experienced from these long runs, so that's part of the training program is doing a long run that gets longer over time. Well, you're going to be out running for hours at a time. If you've ever done a major project like writing a book or building a business or doing something where you want to do something of significance, it is at some point, or often is the case, many points along that line, you're going to have to have many deep, focused working blocks because those breakthroughs are only going to happen when you dig in deep. But those don't tend to happen. And then even when you do have those focused blocks, what are you working on? If you are going to have a long run, What's it going to look like? If you're going to work on that book for a long time, what are you actually doing in that time? All of these questions tend to lean back towards this idea, this concept of a one thing, of not only knowing what the one next best action is, but then being able to take that one thing and amplify it, to have that deep work experience, that big breakthrough that comes from the singular focus that allows all of the success that is possible from all of these problems. So now let's shift into the solutions aspect of this. Of We've seen these problems. You're stuck without clarity. You're trying to do it all. You're making slow progress or just shallow progress in total. All of those things can add up to a simple solution. I'm going to start with this idea of a singular focus as being the most potentially gratifying thing you could focus on. We're then going to shift gears into bottlenecks that potentially could stop you along this path. And then we're going to wrap up with this idea of repetition. And all these things are kind of all embodied in this concept of the one thing. If you've read the book, The One Thing by Gary Keller and Jay Papazan, uh, you probably have this idea of what I'm talking about and and this uh, concept. In their book, uh, they pose a question which is what is the one thing such that by doing it, everything else is easier or unnecessary. I have used that focus question thousands of times. Uh, That book is phenomenal. If you have not read it, once again, it's called The One Thing by Gary Keller and Jay Papazan. I actually interviewed Jay on this podcast, um, which you can look that up also in my show notes. I'll try to put a link there, uh, jeffsanders.com slash 483. In their book, they talk a lot about this idea of not just knowing what your one thing is, but knowing the one thing that is the most impactful, the one thing that makes the biggest dent in the project. This is probably, for me, one of the more difficult elements is not just knowing that, but then saying yes to it. When I think about identifying a singular focus, what I think about is the opposite at first which is if I don't have that one thing, what am I actually doing? If I don't know my top priority, where does my time and energy tend to flow? And the answer is it flows to busy work. If you don't know the one thing that's next on your list and you don't know what is supposed to be next, you tend to jump towards the reactive behavior of saying yes to whatever is in front of you, whatever is on fire next, whatever is messy that you can visually see or experience. This is how productive, in quotes here, productive people tend to get work done is that they just never stop moving. 
which then ultimately is death by a thousand cuts because you're just checking boxes for the sake of checking boxes. And so the opposite of doing the one thing is doing numbers two through infinity without ever doing one thing. So my goal in all of this, in terms of being productive, is to shift this entire busyness attitude, this overachiever attitude from being nonstop, can't get it all done attitude to just, what if I just did number one? What if that was it? What if all I did was give myself over to a single focus and imagine that that's what I do for here, right now, until it's done? The cool thing about this is it has a calming effect. The amazing part about focus is that it doesn't cause the overwhelm that comes from trying to do numbers two through infinity, right? The busyness thing is a a recipe for overwhelm and burnout. But doing one thing at a time, why would you be overwhelmed by doing one thing? It's, It's almost impossible to be overwhelmed by doing a single activity, Now, it could be a really difficult activity, but generally speaking, that tends to be the case. And so if you just focus on one thing, you apply, well, I guess we can call the 80-20 principle, right? The one thing that's going to yield the biggest results, that 80% of your results are going to come from probably 20% of the activity, which is really just saying a few things make the biggest difference. Or in this case, one thing makes the biggest difference. When that one thing is done, it's the next one thing. And then the next, and the next, and the next. So on a list of 10 things to do, you're only ever doing number one. Because when number one is done, number two becomes number one. And that pattern, that shifting that takes place, that's what it means to do things throughout the day, right? To check those boxes. In theory, you would always be doing the next most important thing. Now, the challenge in this arena, the challenge to To really get to that sense of clarity around this is you have to be clear that your number one actually is number one. So when I look through my projects, I look through my task list, I'm asking myself that question of how can I be certain that the next thing I've chosen to do really matters to me, which really comes down to what are the results you want from your day? One question I like to ask myself is when today is over and I look back at the work that I did, what do I want to be proud of tonight? That simple question can cause me to say, well, I I know what that thing is. I don't want to do it because it's kind of hard, but I know what it is. And so once I know it, then it's just the act of execution to go do it. And knowing the results you want at the end can really help specify the actions that are necessary to get you there. So that becomes kind of the reverse mentality, that reverse question asking of when this whole thing is said and done, what is the result I'm expecting? And oftentimes, you can then have a straight line from where you are now to that end result, and it's clear what the actions are. Now, whether or not you do them or want to do them is a different story, but at least the act of knowing is going to help give you the clarity on what should be happening. And then we can get to the discipline that's required or the effort that is necessary to actually pursue these things. Now, some good examples here around applying a a one-thing strategy. I've been using this recently in my life, both in the health and fitness world and in my business. So I want to go back to this example of running that I discussed uh, two weeks ago in the show. In the world of endurance running, which is what I've been working on, training for a marathon again, actually an ultra marathon, 
And what I've come to the conclusion on, which you can read in many running books, is the act that miles per week, which means how many miles you ran in a given week, is generally speaking the most important metric that you are focusing on. So if a running coach were to come to you and and ask you, how's your progress been recently? What they're really asking is, how many miles per week are you running? Because that tends to be the greatest indicator of success as your program moves forward. They're not going to ask how many hours of sleep did you get or what was your diet like? Those are important questions, but it's not the most important question. In the world endurance running, miles per week tends to be that most important metric. And when you know that, it means that's your focus. It means when you are planning your next week, it's a question of how do I get in the miles I need to get in? How do I run 15 miles this week or 30 or whatever the number is? How do I make sure I hit the number? And when that happens, you then understand, well, hey, I hit the number. That's a pretty good indicator I'm doing what I set out to do and that I will achieve the end results that I'm pursuing. Fast forward to the end of 2024 and think about your goals. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should check out my sponsor, Babbel. Finally achieve your new language goal in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold, and studies from Yale, Michigan State University, and others continue to prove Babbel is better. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Babbel's convenient courses have helped me to learn real-life conversation skills in German, including ordering food and asking for directions, without having to rely on language apps while traveling. Now, here's a special limited-time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash 5am. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash 5am, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 5am. Rules and restrictions may apply. In the world of strength training, which is similar in this sense of, you know, health and fitness and trying to achieve a, a, a weight goal, like you're trying to actually lose weight or build muscle or lift a certain amount of weight. What tends to happen is you tend to pick a metric just like you did with miles per week in running, only you apply it to strength training. How many push-ups did you do? How many calories did you consume? Right? What is the metric that's going to indicate the greatest level of success? And basically everything else you're working on revolves around that metric. Now, in the world of business, I've used this process before, specifically with book writing. Um, This is very common for writers. They'll set a word count goal per day. Uh, Very commonly, 500 words a day is a a number you'll hear, or 1,000 words a day, which is a focus, by the way, on quantity, not quality. It's a focus on just doing the work, regardless of how good the work might be. One thing that's really fascinating about using this one thing principle is you really get to the heart of what makes a difference, right? You really figure out if this thing happens, if this specific thing I'm trying to achieve happens, the rest of it just tends to flow. 
which goes back to that question from you know Gary Keller and Jay Papazan, that what's the one thing such that by doing it, everything else is easier or doesn't have to happen at all, which is really a question of asking, how do I filter all this noise out to just simply say, my goal today is just write for 30 minutes. It's just run for an hour and a half. It's just whatever the thing is. You fill in the blank. If all I do is this, the rest just tends to be okay. When you know that, when that's like clear in your head that this is the thing, it is so easy then to schedule the rest of your life, to list out the rest of the steps, and the progress is better and faster, and you feel better about it. Knowing what makes the biggest difference and executing on it, that is the path forward. That is epic productivity. That is goal achievement. That is what it means to achieve at the highest level is to be willing to say yes to that one thing, regardless of how difficult you think it might be. Now, along the way, you're going to experience bottlenecks, and these bottlenecks are going to hold you back. These are essentially the choke points, right? The areas where your progress is held up the most, which means, this is an opportunity here, it means that these areas have tremendous potential if that pressure is then relieved in that arena first and everything else becomes much easier. So as an example, let's imagine that your goal is to improve your diet. Uh, Most people, they have excessive body fat. They want to reduce their body fat percentage, and it holds them back from their fitness goals. And so if the goal here is actually a fitness-related goal, let's go back to my example of the marathon. Well, okay, I want to run 26.2 miles, but I've got to lose 20 pounds. Well, which goal do you work on first? Commonly, people will say, well, you begin the running program, you get out there and do the miles, and we'll improve the diet as things move along. What I have seen to be more true than not is when you fix the diet first, the running is a heck of a lot easier, right? When you weigh less, it's easier to run farther. That's kind of how this tends to work. And so what we're looking at here is what is the bottleneck? What is the thing that if it's improved makes everything else easier? Well, What's easier, to run with 20 pounds of extra fat or to run without it? It's not a hard question. We know that losing the excessive body fat here is going to make the running easier. So that becomes the focal point. Fixing the diet becomes the most important step. And in my world of of training for this marathon right now that I'm working on, I can tell you, I don't want to work on my diet. I'm not actually emotionally tied to that, but I also know intuitively that I'm talking to myself right here, that if I fix my diet, my marathon training is going to be a lot easier. Another example might be, let's imagine you're back in the gym again. You're trying to build up some good muscles. You have these fitness goals. Well, what are you going to focus on that's going to allow you to lift more weights long term? For a lot of people in the gym, we have this imbalance in our bodies. We are, we're weak in certain areas And if you ignore those weak areas and you just simply like hit really hard on certain muscle groups, you will initially achieve success in those muscle groups, but then you're going to get injured. The imbalance in your body will cause injury. That's typically where it comes from. And so what happens is the more appropriate response in the beginning is you focus on the weak areas, you find healthy balance, you use good form, and then you actually begin to make this amazing forward progress. But it really only takes place if you first focus on what's going to make the biggest difference. And injury prevention in this case is huge, right? Finding balance with your muscle groups is huge. And so once again, you know the bottleneck. If this thing is corrected, everything else is easier. 
Final example of bottlenecks might be finding guarantee time on your calendar for your next big goal. What I tend to see, if we go back to this example of massive goal achievement, but you're an overachiever, you're highly busy. Well, what typically is the case here, that the bottleneck that's holding you back is the fact that you've said yes to too many things. So you can't guarantee time on your calendar. You can't have these focus blocks of time because you're too busy. Well, the number one answer to being less busy is to be less busy, is to do fewer things, to eradicate the bottleneck of over-programmed schedules. So then your number one action is to free up time. It's to cancel meetings, to opt out of projects, to get yourself uninvolved in things, which then frees up your time and those focus blocks for guaranteed work become way, way easier. So once again, the bigger picture here is we're asking ourselves, what's the goal and what's the most important major obstacle, the bottleneck that's stopping us from easy success going forward? You address the bottleneck, you knock it out first, man, you're off and going. All right, the final step in this process here to really nail down this one thing mentality is to not just identify what the one thing is, but it's to repeat that best action over and over again. What I have seen, especially with this idea of health and fitness and financial goals and business goals, is that repetition and habits is just everything in life. And who you are is really just an outpouring of the habits that you have, that your habits have made you who you are today, and they will define who you are in the future. And so when you can improve those habits, you improve those repeated actions, your results are going to skyrocket. And so when you know your one thing, and you do that one thing on repeat, well, then you're going to all of a sudden get that one thing result exponentially magnified over time, amplified over time. So knowing that one action, like let's say miles per week in the exercise or words per day for the next book you're going to write, you know the one thing, you do it, you repeat it over and over, and you give that a couple of months, a couple of years, holy cow, watch out. Your success is going to be unbelievable. And once again, this process, I didn't focus on this quite as much, but this is such a big part of this whole thing, is that when you're doing this repetition of the one thing, when you're doing this repeated action, you're essentially saying yes to one thing and no to everything else. And what I have seen to be true more often than not is the repetition of the one thing. Uh, it's boring sometimes or a lot of times. Even though it's wildly effective, we can find ourselves caught in this trap of saying, yeah, I've been putting in the work, but I'm just kind of drained. One thing you don't want to do is focus on the one thing until it just about kills you, right? We, we can get ourselves into ruts even with effective progress. And so one of the, the things that I know for myself is I love variety. And so I may know what the one thing is. I may know what the best action is, but I'm not going to do it on purpose. There'll be an intentional plan of variety built into my schedule. So if you have found yourself in a place where you know these habits that matter. You know this lifestyle that works, and you're actually doing it. You have a track record of success in doing it, but you find yourself in a rut. You've hit a plateau. Things aren't working. The long-term trajectory here is one of, ugh, I don't want to keep doing this. That's going to be an opportune time to shift gears and pivot as needed to keep yourself in the game. One thing I know is true about me is that as much as I love to run, as much as I love to push myself physically, if I don't have some variety built in, 
I'm going to quit. It's just how I tend to operate. So I intentionally design things that err on the side of caution for me, knowing my tendencies, knowing my own weaknesses. And then I can build a schedule that is always going to be a little bit exciting, a little bit thrilling, a little bit of a forward momentum that leans on who I am. So in this process of choosing your one thing, of of tackling things for the right reasons, it's not just the right reasons on paper because this is logical and mathematical and, and works. This is also emotional, right? We're humans. We, we tend to do things because we like them and we don't do them because we don't. And so when you're choosing your schedule, building your calendar, designing your ideal life, do so with the knowledge of who you are, with the knowledge of what you actually want to experience. And when that becomes your reality, well, then your life is your own. Like you're in the driver's seat. You're choosing how this works and you're getting better results in the process. That's the ideal. And for the action step this week, choose your one thing. You know, every major area of life and work can be boiled down to one most important action or one most impactful habit. So identify the one thing and don't overthink it. Just take action now. And of course, repeat this strategy over and over again. That's it. You do what matters and forget the rest. JeffSanders.com slash 483 is the place to go with episode notes. And of course, subscribe to this podcast or follow in Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And that's all I've got for you here on the 5 a.m. Miracle Podcast this week. Until next time, you have the power to change your life. And the fun begins bright and early. Hey, it's Jeff Sanders, and I'm here to tell you about Greg McEwen and his amazing show, The Greg McEwen Podcast, part of the Yap Media Network. Want to achieve more by doing less, all while avoiding burnout? You can design a life that really matters with Greg McEwen, author of New York Times bestsellers, Effortless and Essentialism. His mission is to help you advocate and negotiate your way to remarkable results. Every Tuesday, Greg discusses one key topic he finds interesting and valuable through the lens of the essentialist. Every Thursday, he invites thought leaders, entrepreneurs, celebrities, and people like you for inspired weekly conversations focused on learning how to do what matters first and do less but better. His content will stir your thoughts and spark inspiration and action. And his British accents, well, that's just the cherry on top. Subscribe to the Greg McEwen podcast today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform.